pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? Well, I've got these hiccups. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't have started our podcast because I'm like jumping out of my chair. You do have quite the hiccups. But the problem is I only get like a certain amount of time with you. And if I told you to wait till my hiccups went away, then I would probably lose you for the rest of the day. Yeah, because I got a big pile of sand outside that I need to move. I know. It's a sand moving type of day. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it though, babe. You got to like, what are the best hiccup tricks? I don't know. You held your breath. I tried to scare you. Is that what the tapping the brush on the table was? Oh, yeah. But you saw it coming. I saw it coming a mile away. Well, I'm excited because we are still talking about our Destined for Greatness book. I just gave you a lot more credit than was deserved right there. What credit? Would, what I credit just said our me? book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I worked hard on it. I know. You worked really hard. A total of zero hours and I read it to you. I read Adam the book. There was another hiccup. But I read Adam the book. Legit. And it was good. Yeah, but you didn't read it at all no i like i read books by having them read to me yeah so we were on our way to florida this past summer and it was before the book was released and so i said well do you want to hear it he's like yeah can you just read it to me? there's another hiccup can you just read it to me this is probably super unprofessional unprofessional but here we are but we made it to chapter seven yep and chapter seven is my favorite chapter you've said that every single time i know i love that but chapter seven talks about experts and talking about mentors that you have in your life. Mm-hmm. How have mentors helped you? Who have helped you? Who and how? Well, for sure, I've had a lot of mentors in my life. I need these hiccups to go away. But I've had a lot of mentors in my life. And um, I think what my goal has been and continues to be is to have people that I look to in all areas of life, but for specific things. So like my fitness coach, I don't also look to her for business advice, marriage advice, and parenting advice. And I think sometimes people have a mentor and I think it'd be really great to have one that encompasses like a lot of it. But for me, it's like parenting and marriage. I a hundred percent look to my parents because I loved the way they parented me and I love their marriage. Um, But then I look at, you know, Pastor Bill or some of the pastors that I follow for my spiritual guidance. Um, I feel like that's, you know, I guess I would say my parents too on that for sure. But as far as like, um, I don't know, they're Pastor Bill and um, Kevin Queen and Greg Farrell and all the people that we listen to on podcasts, um, that would be for, you know, pointing me to Jesus. And then Bob Goff has really mentored me a lot in my speaking and writing my book and this podcast. He keeps, it's funny. Every time I call him, I called him and I was like, okay, I've started to really speak a lot, which is one of my goals. 
but now there's a pandemic. He goes, great, just start writing courses. Like he didn't even skip a step on it. I'm like, okay, so there we go with writing courses, which is fun. And then um, I think some of you and I have both looked up to for family and business are Reed and Reese Ryan, who we just love. I love the way they love their wives and their kids. They're so engaged as people, Um, but then they also are leaders of multiple companies and I love the way they lead. And so I would say those have been the experts that I've looked for, for a very long time. Um, and for me too, it has had to be something that although I don't get all my advice, all of them have great marriages, great relationships, honest, good, hardworking, Jesus loving people. And so, um, I think that's really important as far as who pours into me. Those are the type of people that I look for. You know, I think it's interesting that uh, you talk about different ones for different parts of your mm-hmm. life, and it is hard to find people like Bob is a good example mm-hmm. that um, you can look for him for to be a mentor in that category, but he probably isn't the best example of how to be a wife. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. A mother. Know. Right. So it uh, it's important to find people that you can kind of have your fitness coach and your mm-hmm. mom coach and all that. So. Right. Yeah. And I think it's important because the people who are leading me in those areas, that's their expertise. And so like for me, I love to talk to people about entrepreneurship and I love to talk to people about um, juggling family and business and making it all work. And I love to talk to people about Jesus. But if you're going to ask me how to uh, do financial stuff, like that's probably not like I I could help, but I'm not going to be the end all be all. If you want to know, um, you know, architectural things or, I mean, there's a zillion things that I don't know. And so it's like, I'm not the best mentor for a lot of things. Accountability. That's something that I can help people in because I've done it and walked in that before. And so I think that's important. Um, I would want to, I guess, turn the question around and ask you like, who are the biggest mentors in your life? Well, I think you uh, certainly pointed out Reed and Reese, and I think mm-hmm. they're um, great mentors just from the fact that, like, that they cover a lot of the basis of, mm-hmm. of how to be. They're uh, 10 years ahead of us or so from a family standpoint, and so it's uh, interesting to kind of watch their path and what they're going through and what they're doing with their kids and what they're into. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of nice to have somebody doing things um, – 10 years ahead of us. but So are you calling Reed and Reese old? I am. <laughs> <laughs> so when they listen to this, they're going to be like, wah, wah, wah. But then also, uh, kind of in that same category, is like Andy Barker, who's mm-hmm. a neighbor, and, and they're kind of living life just a step ahead of us. And, so and he's it's another fun. old And old he's one. old too. <laughs> but no, I think that uh, it's fun to just kind of surround yourself with, with people. Mm-hmm. But it's similar to what you talk about with um, kind of different categories and make sure that, um, I think an interesting, not to say any of those three, but I think over the years, one of our lines is get to know me and I'll disappoint you. Mm-hmm. Is that our line? No, it's not ours. It's Bill Cornelius. And I actually write about it in the book, um, but we use it constantly. But I think those three are, are the few that have not disappointed us mm-hmm. the more we've gotten to know them. But, mm-hmm. um, but there has been a lot of people through our years of um, being like, oh, we mm-hmm. want to kind of follow their blueprint and the success that they had. And a lot of times once we got to know them, we were disappointed. Yeah. But I think it kind of puts it all into perspective of you don't want your mentors being some super high and mighty. Mm -hmm. You got to realize that they're still people too. And 
Um, they might have had success in certain areas, but. Um, I think that's really an interesting point that you brought up because for you, you did have a mentor and, you know, we put him on a pedestal for all of it. And then um, he had some things go on and it didn't, it wasn't his business side that really first attracted you to him being a mentor. But we kind of felt like since he had it all together, we thought from the outside that everything was together. And so I think we were highly disappointed you know, so I think that's interesting too, to just a reminder that we are all definitely human. Um, and I think it's so great to have multiple mentors that you can bounce things off of. And then one other thing I want to talk about with mentorship is there's also mentors that I have had in my life that are from afar. Like, um, I, that I know because I've studied their habits and what they've done better than they even know me, you know? And so I think we can learn a lot from kind of, a, you know, two steps away type thing, you know, uh, Jesus would be a great one to follow, even though, you know, you do have conversation with him, but sometimes the audible's harder, um, to hear, but there's people like, you know, podcasters or, you know, people that I, lo I love Charlotte Gamble. Oh my gosh. I love hearing her speak and I love her messages and I follow a lot of what she talks about, but I, she doesn't know me from anybody. And so, but she's greatly impacted my life. And so I think about that too, that that's okay to have mentors like that too, um, that you don't know as well, but are leading a life that you admire, um, not to copy them, but to take notes, close notes from them. Love it. And I think your hiccups went away. I think my hiccups went away. So good job. I just had to focus. A new plan. Yeah. So every time start I podcasting. have hiccups, let's just start podcasting. Yes. So I love in your story, you get into talking about our friend Brandon Bray, mm -hmm. uh, who works at Chick-fil-A. And he asked you the question of who is mentoring you. Mm -hmm. kind of put you on the spot mm -hmm. and it impacted you. Yeah, it was really impactful because we were at a speaking event together and he was talking to me about something and um, he said just off the cuff, Sarah, well, who are the women in your life that mentor you? And as you know, when I just spoke, all the people who mentor me, aside from my mom, they're all men. And he's like, you don't have women like pouring into your life helping guide you. And I was like, I don't. And so he set me up with some women at Chick-fil-A, um, that he felt like were juggling family and business and stuff. But I felt like that was a moment for me that I had been in business for 20 years when he had asked that question. And I kind of looked at him like, mm, I don't know, like my dance teacher, Michelle, she was the blueprint for a long time, but then I've done different things than her. And so I think also finding, somebody that is super relatable like that, like you were saying, you know, Bob's probably not the best wife mentor, um, but to find somebody like that. And I thought more than anything that he called me out in a, in a really beautiful way, like make sure like that was one of his big things. Like, Oh my gosh, you have to have a mentor. Like, like who's your go-to who's in your phone. And so um, ever since then, I've really tried to do that and um, not as successful as I'd like to be. But I think probably because, you know, as a lot of people do, just running hard in, in your lane. And that's what I feel like I've been doing for a long time is running hard. But it's something that I aspire to have women that I run with that are older than me that can mentor me in business as well. You know, I have whenever I speak to college classes, I have. Uh, a common question is, 
how do I get a mentor? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask that question to me and I don't know that I have a great answer, but I think that, uh, kind of the Charlotte gamble, Mm -hmm. like sometimes there's just going to be mentors that, you know what, you create what their blueprint was Mm -hmm. and you uh, try to follow it and use it as kind of an example, but Mm -hmm. it is hard to, you kind of have to stumble into some of those relationships that become mentors, but until you get a mentor, Mm-hmm. kind of find somebody that kind of created the path that you're trying to go down. And yeah, again, the, uh, you might get to know them and you'll be disappointed, but, but at least finding somebody that followed a path and created a path for you. Well, and I think that too. And one of the cool things is I'll never forget forever. Um, when I was sitting at Bay area church and it was like a women's event and Charlotte was speaking And I felt like she was just speaking to me. I don't know if you've ever been to an event like that where you're just like, oh my gosh, I feel like you're speaking to me. And the coolest thing was, is there was a connection that happened between me and Jesus. And I thought what she was able to do from her speaking is exactly what I want to be able to do as a leader. I want because it, it's changed my life and she has no idea she did that. And so that from that moment, it was like, man, this is something that I really, really want to do. And so, um, I think maybe I should write her a letter and tell her, I actually tried to send her cookies one time, but she lives in, um, England and it's really hard to ship cookies to England. I think I spent like $40 to send cookies and I don't think they ever got to her. So wah, wah. I don't know how to Good try though. Good try. Yeah. But anyways, but I saw that and I was like, I know what she did for me and therefore I want to do that for other people. So it was super neat. You know, I also, as you're talking about like trying to engage with her Mm -hmm. and I'm not Charlotte Gamble or anywhere close, but I've had some people, some college kids ask if I could mentor them, but I don't know them Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to, like you kind of reverse the role of trying to be a mentor to somebody Mm -hmm. you don't know. Right. it's really hard. You can respond to emails and talk to people, but right, yeah. Um, but finding that mentor is tough. But when you find them, um, certainly embrace them. Yeah, I think there's value there. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll keep chasing Charlie Campbell. No, yeah. I don't wear her out at all. I mean, I don't at all. But I don't know. She's a special person. So, anyways. And then, as the book goes on, you talk about the book Outliers that mm-hmm. I feel like we read mm-hmm. ten or fifteen or twenty years ago. Yeah. Long time ago when we started getting into books and kind of that importance of 10,000 hours of a deliberate practice to become Mm -hmm. an expert. Certainly an interesting thought. And I think as parents, maybe a little overboard, but um, I think Hank certainly is on his way to 10,000 hours of baseball. (laughs) For sure. A little overboard. And then uh, watching Lucy all the time playing mm-hmm. volleyball and, and just racking up those hours and, mm-hmm. and the value that's there. And, and then Lola's jumping back and forth between so many different sports, mm-hmm. but um, the more hours she puts into something like tennis, yeah, how much of a, a leg up she has. But yeah. um, they are way further ahead than we were oh my in gosh. any sport. Yes. But, uh, but all fascinating. Yeah, it really is. Well, in, in my book, I talk about this idea in outliers. And I talk about deliberate practice and I broke it down a little bit more. Deliberate means to carefully think or talk something through slow and measured the pace of this kind of careful decision-making. And so I think deliberate is a big word. Like it's careful, calculated, slow, 
measured, like those are big words that it's not just shooting hoops or it's not just writing, but it's carefully writing. It's deliberately writing. And then practice means to repeatedly or regularly perform an exercise or a skill to improve. And so I think putting those together is something so powerful. And so you may feel stuck and know a mentor um, that's a specialist that's probably just put in maybe more hours than, than you have. And so it's like, what do you want? And I'm sitting there right now, like I really want to speak across the country three to four times a month. And, but I need to do a lot more probably than that. Like I need to get more under my belt, you know, and then the more I do, the easier it'll come and the more it'll come. And so I just think how important that is so that those hours are important that they're there, but they also have to be very calculated. I love it. (laughs) You know, a last episode Mm -hmm. we got into talking about my goals. Mm. You asked me, right? uh, Yeah. And I was saying that I wanted my goal to be the three plates plus a two and a half on right. each side. So mm-hmm. three twenty. So I tried it today yes, in front you of you. Yes. And failed miserably. But I didn't look at it as a failure. I I looked at it as, oh my gosh, you're out there trying. But the truth of it is I hadn't been putting the ten thousand hours mm-hmm. of bench. Like we've been working a lot of other CrossFit things. Yeah. That's not bench. So tell me this, Adam, how are you going to deliberately practice? Like how, what's moving forward now that you had that experience this morning? Cause I got to watch you, which I mean, you can push a lot of weight, which is so awesome. I asked Adam today, actually, I was like, how does it feel to be the strongest person in the gym? Like, that's so cool. I just think it's cool. Like I married the strongest guy in the gym. Well, I showed up wearing the shirt hardest worker in the room and his coach started laughing at him right away. He's like, she said, where did you get that shirt? Who gave you that <laughs> shirt? That is not true. Adam's known for his water breaks, but he's, you are truly so strong. But I, I would like to know what, how are you going to reach that goal after seeing that you failed today, which I think is awesome. Like failure is awesome. Cause it probably makes you want it even more, but like, what's your plan? Are you just going to wait till the next bench press day? Or are you going to put a plan together to make this happen? Well, I don't know. You know, I think it's funny. Oh my gosh. Of all the dreaming and accountability and goal setting that I do, he looks at me and says, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think part of it, um, I realized was such a head case. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Because I could do right before that, I could do it just as smooth and easy. Mm-hmm. And then I added two and a half on each side. Mm-hmm. And because it was a personal record, my, I was a head case. Yeah, you were. Like, I. Was it me staring at you? It was probably you staring at me. I said, should I get my camera? And he's like, no. <laughs> but it was. I, but I thought it was a big goal moment. Yeah. I but actually, thinking back, I can remember like as soon as I started bringing it down, I was like, I can't do it. Oh, but I was completely Nicole. defeated myself yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. Well, you know, we talk about people supporting you. Like I 100% thought you were going to do it. So I was like, I need to capture this moment on camera because you're 100% going to do this. You're going to reach your goal. And so. I was cheering I on. I'm still, I know, but you will. I have zero doubt that you will. And when you do, we will celebrate it. Well, thanks, babe. I love it. Awesome. Well, chapter seven is fun. And I definitely believe that everybody needs experts in their life, pointing them in the direction that they want to go. I, I have several people that, you know, I feel like have influenced and shaped my life and our marriage and who I've become. And so I highly recommend if you're not surrounding yourself with these kind of people to find your people. 
and certainly um, keep it all into perspective. Mm -hmm. Do your, do you, you got to take you with you, right? Yes. You got to take uh, you with you. And it's hard to follow somebody too closely, but um, certainly people that have blueprints that you follow are certainly important, but Mm -hmm. I love it. How are we ending this episode, babe? Have you guys noticed he just says ending? And that's like. I only did that a couple times, but you challenged me to come up with a better ending. I know, but we're on, I don't know what episode it is, but it's a lot of episodes and there's nothing. I still like the closing time song. Mm-hmm. Or what was the other one? How Farewell, about this? Goodbye. Oh. That was a better one. Yeah, that's a good Sound one. Sound of music. But here's another thing. If you have not yet purchased Destined for Greatness, you may go to Amazon.com and check out Destined for Greatness by Sarah Noose. My goal, I'm going to put this out there, is to sell a million books in the next five years. So if you or anyone you know is looking for the next book, I would appreciate you recommending my book. And you can't get to a million without... The make, next one. Making an ask of myself. And selling one at a time. Yep, selling one at a time. Thank you, Brian Fiscus. All right, later. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place. And to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.